So, of course, it had to happen exactly that way. And it's not really a big deal with our chat coming up that we'll share from yesterday with Damian Sordolette, Roanoke.com, Virginia Tech reporter. And we'll sneak a couple of thoughts in there about the Liberty Flames as well. But it's amazing because we spoke with Damian Sordolette and we did address the offensive line. And it actually was right before the news came out. The Jesse Hansen, the Lord Botetot product, who initially it was going to be just out for the 2023 season. That's what Virginia Tech head football coach Brent Pry noted Wednesday. And by the way, our chat with Brent Pry is up at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts uh, and weigh in. We've gotten some good feedback on this, and we'll get to it when I get back from the vacation uh, coming up or family trips and stuff uh, with five-year-olds. I don't know if it's a vacation. But Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. But anyway, uh, Brent Pry addressed it on Wednesday that Jesse Hansen, the offensive lineman, the Lord Botetot product, uh, was un- unlikely to play this 2023 season. And then, right after we spoke with Damian Sordolette, it was medical retirement, the term, basically, that's being used for Jesse Hansen. There is that loophole in there, and I think maybe to a degree you could read into that if you're the cynical type. But I don't think that's exactly the case. But anyway, when we spoke with Damian Sordolette, uh, we addressed the offensive line with the idea that Jesse Hansen would not be around. That and other topics from our chat with the Roanoke.com Virginia Tech reporter. It's been a tradition of ours for a while, looking ahead to many a football season and chatting with Damian Sordolette. Former Liberty Flames reporter for NewsAdvance.com. We always get that in because there is a segment of our audience, Damian, that still knows you more for your work there than your current role at Roanoke.com covering the Virginia Tech Hokies. First of all, does that upset and bother you that people in our neck of the woods at least know you as much for your time at Liberty as they do Virginia Tech? No, because that was 10 years versus... What, March till now has been, what, four or five months? So uh, people will know me for covering Liberty. That's fine. Uh, I, I've spent uh, two-thirds of my time in, uh, in the sports journalism world covering Liberty. So uh, that's okay if people know me that way. Uh, I just hope, hoping they're still uh, coming to read my work on Virginia Tech now <laughs> versus uh, saying, ah, he's not covering Liberty anymore. We're not going to worry about following him anymore well we keep up with you and have for many years and there are times that we will still get into many a story on that have you gotten any good stories right now that have really piqued your interest in your you know it's not exactly 10 weeks but three to four months covering virginia tech there's a good one that came out of yesterday's virginia tech availability um Everyone knew Allie Jennings, the star wide receiver from Old Dominion, who's now at Virginia Tech and is projected to be a starter. He got hurt last year against Georgia Southern. We didn't realize until talking to him that Derek Canteen, who is also now at Virginia Tech after playing at Georgia Southern, was the cornerback who tackled Jennings and caused the injury. And Jennings gave a story like they met at orientation. They were chatting, and then he pulls up the video and goes, yeah, so about my ankle. And Canteen was like, you know, I wasn't trying to hurt you, and that gets a laugh out of everyone. uh, That's kind of a cool story to get from, like, a media day setting where you're able to sit down and talk with these guys versus practices and stuff like that where it's just bang, bang, and then after a few minutes you're done. So uh, that's been kind of a fun thing to find out uh, this week here in Charlotte and Hopefully there's a few more stories to come as 
we head into August and get ready for the season opener uh, September 2nd. So you touch on a fascinating point of mine, which is the fact that you know once you get into in-season mode, which starts this upcoming week, the week of July 31st, Monday, July 31st, a couple days after that, is when you get into in-season mode. You've covered Liberty for a while, so you've got that as a precedent, and you get to Virginia Tech. How different is it covering a team once they're in the grind of the season from August through December versus the rest of the year? It is different because it's more businesslike and not in a setting like this where you're laid back. Uh, it's more of a comfortable surrounding because you're in a suit and tie versus pads and a jersey. So you're able to have a little bit more laid back conversation. Yes, you're talking about the upcoming season, you're talking about expectations, that sort of thing. But you're able to maybe delve into you know, some background stuff and uh, have a few laughs with some players and get, get a chance to know them. And like Jennings brought up yesterday, because um, this is his first media day and the first time he's actually talked to any of us uh, local media because he hadn't did any he didn't do anything in the offs in the in the spring it was like yeah this opportunity for you to get to know me and for me to get to know you guys and that's sort of the thing that this environment provides that when you're in season it's business like it's sometimes after practice it's like oh do i really have to go talk to them <laughs> do i do i really need to go straight over there for media when I, all I want to do is go soak in a cold tub and you know relax my muscles and begin the process of uh, re recovery before you know the next practice so this was a much better setting for that and uh, when you get to the season you know sometimes you're not going to get the answers you want and that's okay because you have opportunities like these where you know you're going to get a lot out of these players. Damien Sordelet, the familiar voice you hear in the fast lane as we're looking ahead to the start of the football season, and it's basically here. When you get to media days now, and obviously I would imagine the, the first practices of the year, is your year basically over for all intents and purposes, or is it the start of the new year that runs through spring practice the next spring? Yeah, I, I tell my wife, I'm like, uh, once uh, the first – practice of fall camp comes around I'm like you're not going to see me very much and she understands that um, she's a teacher so I understand at the same time it's fine because she's spending eight nine hours a day at the school and I'm going to be gone around the same time so you know we're not going to see each other anyway so it, it's kind of like we've done this uh, song and dance for a few years now um, well celebrated seven years of marriage back in june so like for the last you know six years she knows what this time of year is like so um yeah it's uh you know it's kind of like that it's a you know a lot of work especially in august because you're you know doing all these preview stuff and you know help trying to get as much information out there so fans can know what to expect in each position group what to expect for the team overall and then when you get to the season it gets a little bit easier because you kind of get into a rhythm of what you what you're going to do on a weekly basis um, so august is usually the time of year where i'm like oh can these days go by faster or can i add a few hours to the day to make sure i get all the work done um, so that's you know, the, this next month's going to be really hectic with, you know, providing us getting as much information out there, whether you read it in the paper or you go online. And 
then once we get to the last week of August, right into September 2nd, it's kind of when it slows down and I can get into a rhythm. Damien Sortelat, newsadvance.com, stepping into the fast lane, looking ahead, for now at least, to the Virginia Tech season. You've had a chance for a while to cover Brent Pry at Virginia Tech. Um, a lot of the theory behind him is he's great in terms of engagement with the fans, speaking with the media. Is he able to do that without divulging too much information on where his program is, at least in a way that compromises his program? Yeah, I would say so. Um, and, you know, he does a good job with media of, you know, talking to us behind the scenes and saying, you know, yeah, this is where we're at. And I think he's honest in his assessment. Um, even, you know, when he's around, like, doing television yesterday with uh, the ACC Network and all that stuff, you know, he's like, yeah, we got some momentum right now because of how they've been recruiting. Uh, I mean, with, what, four Blue Bloods? in their signing class in the recruiting class already uh that you have to hold on to till signing day uh i think you know he's been very he's been honest with us and i don't think he tries to oversell it um because i asked him about that yesterday it's like you know one of my last questions to him in a breakout session was you're having all this success on the recruiting trail so what is that going to look like in order to maintain that he goes we got to win you know, you can't go three and eight every year and get these big recruits and hope to su- sustain that. So he, he's honest. He's like, we got to win. We got to put the product on the field. And, um, you know, that's going to be key for this upcoming season is if you can keep these kids in the signing class that you have, maybe add a couple more, and then you go out and you maybe double your win total, get to six wins and go to a bowl game. I think recruits are going to say that's a step in the right direction in that hopefully that momentum keeps up is six wins the benchmark for virginia tech to mark progress say they're back in postseason contention and build on frankly a lot of positive momentum they've developed over the last month two months within the player acquisition side of things yeah i would say in the process of rebuilding this program from where it was and what pry inherited from the fuente era yeah it is and i know there are probably some tech fans that are going to be like, eh, that's really not acceptable. And, you know, in all honesty, for a program that considers itself the flagship of the state, you know, you typically consider 10 wins to be what should be the benchmark. But I think in a rebuild mold, you can't accelerate that too much because then expectations go from, well, we need to see steady improvement to, oh, all of a sudden, yeah, we need to get 10 wins. We need to be contending for an ACC championship or to go to the Orange Bowl or go to, to the college football playoff. Uh, I think six wins is a good benchmark because then you're going to a bowl game. And then you can set the benchmark seven, eight wins and then keep adding to that and without adding any additional pressure because, you know, the, because the mindset is, you know, you want to see gradual improvement each year instead of, a big leap and then not being able to sustain that and then all of a sudden everyone's like well what's wrong we thought this rebuild was going well when it was like no we jumped ahead of schedule and then we just had to take a step back you just want to see the gradual improvement so i think six wins is ideal especially when you go three and eight last year and one in four in games that were decided by one score or less and a lot of those i think 
three of those games, Tech blew fourth quarter leads. And if you take those three, all of a sudden you're looking at six and five and a bowl game. So six wins I think is definitely doable. Seven wins I think you can get this year. And I think that should be the benchmark. And then anything else is gravy. Damian Sortelet from Roanoke.com, Virginia Tech reporter with us in the fast lane. The momentum that fans seem to have built up towards this upcoming season, is it reasonable or has it maybe gone a tip over because they've added this recruiting momentum, which as exciting as it is, player acquisition and three of the top 10 players in the Commonwealth of Virginia committing to Virginia Tech, that, I mean, that latter part, recruiting momentum now, doesn't really do much for the season going forward. That's true, but I think it does, it's warranted. The optimism for the season uh, because you know you have a favorable non-conference schedule um, you know your road games ODU Purdue you know Purdue's probably gonna be the challenging one and then you have winnable games against Rutgers and Marshall on the road so if you go into league play at three and one you got to feel good about yourself and I think that optimism is warranted I think that that's a reasonable expectation for them um, I would say if you go into a season and you don't have any expectations and you don't feel good about it, then something's wrong. So I think that's a good thing. And I think you go back and see who the type of players Tech brought in in the last recruiting class, especially uh, the additions from the transfer portal. Tech got better quickly. I mean, a 41% roster overhaul can do that in a quick succession. And I think that's where the optimism comes from, and I think it is warranted, and I believe Tech has something to build off of based on what they were able to do last recruiting cycle and what they're currently doing this one. Offensively, how much should Virginia Tech fans temper the excitement of what they brought in in the portal? Tootin at running back, the three wide receivers, drones to challenge Wells at quarterback because there are questions on the offensive line and bolstered by the news this week that Lord Potatot product Jesse Hansen is at least out for the 2023 season. Yeah, the offensive line is going to be the key part here because whether you have Bob Schick starting at right guard, uh, Clayton Freday, the Gardner-Webb transfer, whether he comes in, um, whether you get uh, some of these younger freshmen, because you look at their roster, uh, what they got 10 offensive linemen with four years of eligibility left. And they have four guys who have used a year. So from the offensive line perspective, you need to be able to produce there. Um, I think someone that hasn't gotten talked about much, Malachi Thomas, who had the ankle injury last year, if he's healthy and can provide that bruising between the tackle run, that opens up a lot for this offense, whether you have Wells or Drones at quarterback, because then that opens up. Jennings and Felton and Lane and those guys at wide receiver and um, if Thomas is able to come in and do well and be the workhorse that he was last year before the injury I think that really helps this offense because that will that will open up things for you know Basial Tootin and the wide receivers who transferred in. Roanoke.com Virginia Tech reporter Damien Sortelet with us here in the fast lane ACC football kickoff looking ahead to the upcoming football season, thanks to Specialty Exterminating Company and Collins and Collins Siding and Windows for helping us bring you that particular coverage. <laughs> you knew we couldn't have an interview. I don't know if we can ever have an interview without tying back to your time at Liberty University, but there's a Virginia Tech angle to this. 
there is excitement and momentum of Virginia Tech, particularly with how the defense played over the latter portion of last season. How much of that is valid excitement because Brent Pry was in the process of handing over the defensive coordinator duties, play calling duties, to Chris Marv, the defensive coordinator, and how much of it is <laughs> the asterisk of when they got Liberty, right before the big checkout, if you will? <laughs> well, you could have said the checkout actually was occurring during that time because it was after the Arkansas win when maybe things checked out. Um, and like I told you, I've told you multiple times, like with Day Day Hunter doesn't get hurt against Arkansas, you know, that game's probably different. But I think what you saw in that game against Liberty from Virginia Tech was that was their lone win in which they won a game decided by one score. That's because, you know, with Pry being the head coach and not just solely focused on defense, he's able to see the big picture, manage things better, and, you know, help with play calling on both sides. And that, you could see that, you know, especially with, you know, the way the Hokies were able to force turnovers because he was able to dial in with Marv on defense about, you know, what to call. He's also tied in with Bowen about, hey, we've been able to run the ball really well against Liberty. Let's keep doing that, mix in stuff with Wells, and then, you know what, you punch it in uh, for, you know, the go-ahead touchdown there in the fourth quarter. And I think that is a good sign moving forward because Liberty wasn't a pushover last year by any means, especially with how you look at their overall record and how they did against Power 5 teams. Um you know, especially with, you know, two one-score losses to Wake Forest and Virginia Tech. So uh, I think that's a good sign moving forward that you can go into, you know, a pretty rowdy environment, which Williams Stadiums was for that game, and, you know, come out with a win and come back in the fourth quarter with complimentary football with the defense getting two takeaways and the offense milking the clock with, you know, good possessions and punching it in when they needed to. Fans often want to know, What's your big takeaway from ACC football kickoff? Or others in the media may want to know. Do you really have any for this event? Or is it just, especially given they're more relaxed, coaches and players, but they aren't guarded, that it's more just a dro more drops in the bucket of your knowledge for how you view Virginia Tech heading into the season? It's more drops of knowledge in the bucket because this is the first media day I've done since 2017, Liberty's last year in the Big South. Because being independent, you don't get to do media day, so getting a chance to interact with you and people I've known over the years. That's been fun for me because I typically don't get to see them in this type of environment. Uh, so this has been, you know, it's, I spent two hours with Virginia Tech people yesterday for not only at the podium and the breakout room with, and then in the local media setting. Uh, so I got a lot of stuff done in there and uh, getting a chance to listen to these other teams. And uh, yeah, it's been interesting to hear the mindset of them. Um, especially just at the podium. I mean, a lot of people get to see that, you know, streamed uh, and broadcast, but, you know, getting an opportunity to hear questions asked and that sort of thing helps, and especially when I'm filling out my first preseason poll for the ACC and getting an idea of, you know, where everyone stands in this league uh, heading into 2023, no divisions and everything else swirling around in college football. With all your head spinning, do you have much time to keep up with Liberty as well? Gosh, just here and there. Uh, I know they had 50% roster turnover and still were picked to finish second in the Conference USA media poll. Uh, so that was interesting. Uh, but, you know, that matchup with Western Kentucky, a midweek game on national TV, will probably determine who wins that league. 
I know there's Liberty fans who are upset that they had very few people listed on the preseason all-conference teams. But for particularly on the offensive standpoint, like you don't know what you're going to get right now with the Jamie Chadwell offense with that core of players, which is probably why you know you don't see besides uh, Xavier Gat- Gadlin uh, on the all-conference team. Um, though I was surprised you you know Kendy Charles, Quentin Reese, and some of those guys weren't rated higher on the defensive side because of how well they've played in the past and the fact that they've gotten better. Um, but, you know, I think Liberty's going to have a chance to do really well this year. Um, though people always say that, and then all of a sudden you, there's a stumble here or there because I'm a sucker for the Turner-Gill era and thinking, oh, man, this team's about ready to turn the corner, and then all of a sudden they stub their toe one too many times. Uh, so uh, that's going to be interesting to see how Liberty uh, un does this year in a new league and especially with all that travel that they're going to have to do especially the Thursday Tuesday turnaround early in the in that early in October it is that is one of the headlines we'll get to that when we get closer to it Damien appreciate your time and more importantly for always giving us the obligatory question or two on Liberty that we sneak into your coverage for Virginia Tech at Roanoke.com absolutely thanks for having me on Damien Sordelet uh, from Roanoke.com with us Thursday at the ACC football kickoff. That was July 27th. And, of course, uh, we spoke with him right before it went from out for the 2023 season to a medical retirement for Lord Botetot offensive lineman Jesse Hansen. Um, and I think Dane kind of hit the nail on the head there that, truthfully, in a perfect world, this is not an issue in that Hansen's competing for Virginia Tech. There are instances in college athletics where coaches will use the medical red shirt or medical retirement to try to free up scholarship space in the short-term medical red shirt or long-term medical retirement because the student-athlete can still go to school. They just can't do anything else. And it does appear that Hanson wants to be around the football program. We'll see if that continues once you realize the hours that coaches actually put in behind the scenes. But um, it does impact Virginia Tech just from a depth standpoint at what I would say is the most unsettled unit for Virginia Tech. Because on defense, all three units have got some talent, but all three units have some question marks of who is got the ability to go from good to great. But offensive line, that's the answer, uh, the, the question for Virginia Tech, like many programs, that just hasn't had a solidified answer. Our answer is stay locked to Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts, because we'll have other interviews we had from the ACC football kickoff there. We're at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Trey is filling in for me next week in the Fast Lane.